0: Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music. I am your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. This week, I had the privilege of talking to Fabrice Sargent, who is the co-founder and CEO of Bands in Town. Now, you may know of Bands in Town as being the dashboard for trying to find all the great concerts that you might have wanted to go in your daily life in your town in your city around the world now it's become in the era now we recorded this in april of 2020, it has now become their digital dashboard to find live stream music wherever it's happening around the world. Fabrice is going to share lots of interesting details about that journey to becoming that digital dashboard for digital live streams and what he's seen so far with artists large and small, international US, and the trends that are changing the way that we consume, create, and engage in music kind of the ultimate house concert how do we think about this now as current artists as consumers but also in the world to come enjoy the podcast i'm so appreciative of your being on the show i've been a fan of what you've been doing for a while can you share with our audience kind of the nugget of what bands in town is
1: our Benzintown is a platform that connects artists and fans. It's it's a platform that really brings together 530,000 artists with over 55 million fans around the world, which share the same passion for artist discovery and event discovery.
0: I tend to think of it as a phenomenal digital dashboard, that we have such diverse places and ways we connect with artists and locations and events that it's a great place to start and convene and, and we're talking in part because there's such a, a special pivot you guys have been able to do to really connect up the really diverse live stream era can you maybe share with us I mean, we've all gone through this experience we're talking in april of 2020 of having to figure out how to pivot to a create from home and explore from home and work from home environment I'm assuming that there was an alarm that went off in your head when we came to this change, that you really had to figure out how to work with your 530,000 artists to make this work. Can you share a bit about what happened and what created this new opportunity then for all your artists?
1: Yes, um, more than a pivot, I would talk about an expansion because we had been thinking actually of um, enabling artists to release um, online streaming events and to release what we knew call to actions, which are uh, related to live stream, we call them watch live and to be able to notify fans before the, they go on air and they go live. We, we've been thinking, we've actually had developed some of it um, in the back ends. So, But when when this situation uh, started a few weeks ago, um, we kind of um, realized that artists, especially indie artists and emerging artists, would be very much, and their crew and the, this part of the ecosystem would be suffering a lot from the um, what was perceived at the time at, from, from the confinement and and, and fairly uh, you know two three months uh, without being able to tour. So we, we immediately tried to refocus the team, the its um, the roadmap, and to develop these new functionalities to at least help artists stay in touch with their fan and explore new um, interactions and maybe revenue opportunities. So so that we were very, very early to uh, completely change our homepage, to change the focus of our app, of the type of content that you can find in the app by deprioritizing physical events, because at the time when we were doing this, there were still some that were listed and, and active. Um, and, and to certainly highlight what artists were doing in the virtual world.
0: So you quickly then had to um, sort of remap also then partnerships and data flows. I think you were early on to figure a way to be rethinking uh, communication and work with Twitch, for example.
1: We well. We, we want to first enable artists to list these um, new online events. And so we, we had to ex- uh, extend what the type of events uh, they could list on the back end of the platform. It's called Benzintown for Artists. And so, so far, they were only able to uh, log in into that back end um, and, and create an event which required them to add a city, a venue, uh, a ticket price, right? To to all the all of this <laughs> was pre-parametered into the platform. So the first step was to add a new type of event, which we call a live stream, which doesn't require to add a city or or a ticket price, and which essentially enables them to add any type of uh, link they want to 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 add. Um, it could be uh, any any streaming platform actually um, to 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 list uh, their events. But then yes, we were trying to also identify out of, of out of all the streaming platforms available out there, which one would be able to to provide immediate monetization opportunities for this artist. And when I mean that, I I was more thinking about subscription or donations than uh, you know rev share on advertising revenues, so which is probably what people would think of thinking about YouTube, for example. And Twitch indeed appeared to be a great choice. On top of that, their their sounds, their the quality of the sound on Twitch is pretty good compared to other platforms. So we 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 got in touch and we negotiated on behalf of the Benzintown registered artists. So uh, a special special deal which enables artists which are uh, registered on bands and towns to be fast tracked in um on twitch and to start collecting um donations or be- what they call becoming an affiliate within a very short period of time it, it would have taken them you know maybe a month or, or more to to get onboarded. with our partnership with twitch we can do that within a week and so that's that was uh, for us you know an immediate manner to to give them tools to, to start um, uh, exploring new forms of monetizations, um, and last uh, yes and indeed on, and the, the the third initiative we took was also with Twitch we launched our own showcase our own channel which is called Bit Live. Um, we have already passed two million view unique viewers on this channel, and so that that was meant to collect money uh, for uh, charities. We started with Music air and so, artists who, who, which um, which are streaming uh, from our channel are, um, are calling fans to 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 either text to give or to Twitch to to give donations to to music here.
0: And then you also got involved with the live music marathon.
1: Oh, that was that was what we called actually. We, we kicked it off. Um, we, we did that uh, right um, from the get go because we thought that. In order to strike people's imaginations, both on the artist and the fan side, we had to create something quite spectacular. So, yes, we, we launched a music marathon that, that started um, uh, with 16 artists. Uh, and since then, we haven't stopped, actually. <laughs> we thought it would, it would last... <laughs> a real would marathon, last. It would right? last, Yeah, it would last for <laughs> two <three> days. <laughs> uh, it's actually becoming an interesting journey.
0: <laughs> so... You're. I'm assuming all working from home, and you're having your team that was working in the same plot spot now running this now uh, supercharged business or div- uh, or expanded business from their homes.
1: Oh yes, we, because uh, as you may hear, we have some um, uh, roots in Europe. <laughs> uh, we saw quite early what was going on there, and and so we were one of the very first company to ask our, our teams to work from home. Uh, we did that early. We got organized. Um, we actually have several offices. We have one in New York, one in San Diego, and um, one uh, in uh, Montreal, plus satellite offices in Los Angeles, Paris, Berlin, Tokyo, and Berlin, and, and uh, London. And so f- all these people were quite, you know, were used to use um Zoom and video conferencing to to connect on a regular basis just because we already had this kind of uh, uh, presence which was spread across three offices and so it was fairly easy to transition uh, to a a fully virtual office.
0: So how has this shifted other parts of your business? Has this made a a increase in traffic, and increase in any kind of affiliate opportunity? Has this made you more of a hub? Has this made more of a stress and stretch? Has this opened up new doorways for your artists they didn't have before because of this visibility? You know, what is What have been some of the ancillary changes that have come out of this?
1: Yeah, so first and foremost, artists loved it. And they felt that we were here to help and support. So at any moment of time right now, we have, um, you know, close to 3,000 uh, upcoming streaming events uh, every day. Um, that's, that's, you know, that tells you how many are added every day by the artist or their crew um, to and, and how much they are taking advantage of this new platform, because once you list an event, this event's uh, live stream will appear on the artist's Facebook page, on the artist's website, because we provide them with tools for that. It will also appear on on their... Um, they can use Instagram and post um, these events quite easily. And every time it will offer to to the fans to get notified and or potentially to, to watch live. So Artists understand the benefits and the value. They get also free messaging on Bands in Town. That's not new, but we, we we give them free messaging to their core fan base. They're, they're following on Bands in Town. So, and we don't filter. We don't ask them to pay to post to their fans. We call it post to trackers. So they really can use the tools and the marketing tools that we, we are that already at their disposal to... Um, activate more fans and to to, to watch these uh, these events. The good thing also is that when fans ask to get notified, um, it creates for the artist an interesting um, database of fans who are interested in live streaming. So when they go on air, uh, you know after uh, after a live stream they can remarket the fans who saw them for for previous live streams so that's that's really happening um we have now 77% of the events that are coming from the US so it's now becoming a global uh, phenomenon and and we see um you know artists uh, live streaming you know both 75% are, have less than 10,000 followers which which is something that I, I really love. I, I think that's the small artists understand how to use it. And and obviously uh lots of big artists and, and bigger artists are, are using using the system.
0: While we're talking, I'm also staring at your monthly emerging artist chart and your established artist chart. So looking at this now, is this dramatically different than it was before
1: the shift? <laughs> it's um well, we are in the process of uh, adapting the uh, live music charts, because indeed we want these live music charts um, to reflect as faithfully as possible what's going on and who's trending, uh, you know, including uh, using live stream. Uh, So um, I cannot tell you that I would, Consider them to be fully reliable at the moment. I would say <laughs> it's yes, a it's work pretty in messy. progress. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> messy, but we're working on it because we we will likely be the because we're the indeed to your point we're becoming the hub of live stream. We're the only platform that aggregates all this data from all the other platforms, right? It's it's um, we have we have today you know artists streaming on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitch, and sometimes they do it. Um, across all these platforms, it's not like they do it on one platform; they do it cross-platform. We are the only one who can um, help them market that independently of the platform, which which can help them also stay in touch with the fans with the fans independently of the platforms. And and obviously, we have all this visibility on our dashboards on seeing what's going on on which platform. Now, on the fan side, I would tell you that what's most what's fascinating is that I, I think we're we are seeing the rise of a new form of entertainment I don't see that as an ephemeral phenomenon and when we we, we run a special survey among 6,000 fans which we can share some uh, results um, in uh, publicly if you want they they and we maybe uh, we can add that survey to to your podcast um, for fa- for those who wants to check it uh, afterwards oh, we love we love links to go in the show notes that's great. Uh, Exactly. So, so we, we will show you that um, um, before COVID only 40% of the fans had seen a live stream. Uh, after this, you know, what we call after the current COVID, so whenever it is, uh, an additional 25% saw a live stream. So we went from 40% to 65% of the fans uh, who had seen a live stream. Um, now, how many do they intend to watch uh, well, m- almost ninety-three percent intend to watch at least one, and maybe some for some of them, several, several live, music live stream a, a day. So that, that's that's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Now, if you ask them uh, if they intend to continue to watch live stream on a regular basis once the live show return, uh, seventy. Four percent say yes, so it's unequivocal. I think it's strong enough to be representative of a very strong trend, and, and most interestingly, also seventy percent say that seventy point seven percent say that they would be ready to pay for uh, a live stream. So I think we we are, we you know, it's very early, uh, but we are seeing something that is profound and that has completely. Uh, change the mindsets of consumer for the better, even though this period is so difficult to to leave and to transition for the artist, on the, on, on, uh, given the, the financial impact it has.
0: And you commented that um, U.S. Li- uh, viewers, listeners, I guess there's a good combined phrase for that, viewers, uh, about 77 percent, do you find for that survey, I don't know if there's enough granularity that if you're seeing different behavior outside the US than inside the US on that?
1: Oh, we have not tested that yet.
0: Yeah, cuz cuz to me it's sort of interesting that you you've got really different ad markets to support a lot of these in a lot of different countries. So, you know, what the model is that makes sense is an interesting question, especially since the ad market is so upside down right now as to kind of what economics do make sense for entertainment for the next few months, at least. So it's going to be an interesting time for this.
1: No, but to your point, it, it, when you were starting this conversation, we are, I think right now, in we are in, in a journey. And as an entrepreneur, I always consider that there's no straightforward journeys, right? You're not going from point A to point B. If you're selling, you also understand that if going you know, straight, you, you might have to do some terms. And this is a major one. Um, it's, it's not going to go back to where it was. I think it's, it will be transformative for the industry and some good will come out of, of that bad, right? It's, it's definitely um, clear on the consumer side. And now on the artist side, yes, there's a lot of things to be explored to like revenue models to be tested in and you know willingness of consumers to pay something and so it's it creates a lot of ins- uncertainty and anxiety on, on obviously on at many levels uh intentions because of the financial stress that this crisis uh, creates but once all once things will will be uh a little bit back to to a some form of uh, normal um the, the you know fans will continue to to stay loyal to the artists who will have found the right way to interact with them and also to, to potentially charge them for the right experience.
0: And I appreciate the fact that you were saying that 75% uh, of the artists were ones with less than 10,000 followers because at least for me as a regular consumer, a consumer that has my ear oftentimes to the music industry side, That I was mostly hearing about the big artists and the big events and the big, I I was going to say big micro festivals, but that's maybe not the right way to put it. But the the named artists coming out and oftentimes for charity doing something, but those were getting a lot of visibility. So I'm glad to hear that there's so many artists who are stepping into this that have fewer than 10,000 followers and finding a way in this time to build a relationship.
1: Well, that's well. I think that Benzintown's mission is to give a voice to these artists. If I may, so I'm glad to be able to mention that. And it's true that uh, it's definitely a period of time when when you have less than 10,000 followers on Benzintown, you're still, you know, fighting and struggling every day to to interact with your fans. But you, you, you know, we are very, always very happy to give them more tools to use our technology to surface and recommend them to our fans in a disproportionate manner than what, you know, they actually, their weight is. And we've, we had been doing that, you know, when we were uh, advertising and, and promoting uh, uh, physical events. Um, you know, three years ago, uh, 36% of the ticket clicks on town would be for shows of artists of less than 200,000 followers. And uh, before COVID started, um, we were sending about 500 to 600 thousand people to 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 buy ticket, tickets every day, and about 50 percent of these ticket clicks were uh, going to buy uh, tickets for shows of uh, artists of less than 200 thousand followers. So, in three years, we were able, we've been able to. Uh, trick our algorithm uh, from a technical standpoint but also uh, grow and educate the fans in appreciating the quality of the experience and the music uh, created by us the smaller artists and so we're very proud of that and we obviously continue to do so in the context of the live streams uh, by, by surfacing them and continuing to push them to fans of similar artists and fans that may usually obviously uh, like a, a diverse set of artists from large artists to small artists.
0: So for listeners who may not be as familiar and they may be artists who haven't used bands in town, et cetera, is the, is the primary historical dynamic and current dynamic that I would put my shows in for discovery and the only economic really is for the ticket sale. And I get data back about who came or are there other monetization options for an artist when they come into bands in town?
1: Well, there was monetization and um, engagement. Uh, we help artists publish their events and list their events and provide them tools to you know, expand these listings across their platform. So it's true for physical, it's true for live events, for live streams events. They they can they list once the event and then we display them in various different contexts. Including Bands in Town, obviously. Um, so by doing so, we help them sell uh, more tickets, or in the current uh, age, uh, get more um, fans to watch their live stream. On on, but the other side of it is also engagement. We because we provide this um, messaging function, artists can literally send an email, which is branded Bands in Town, because but that's that's still um, a very direct communication from the artist to the fans. And that, that comes to the, to the email box of the fan or that comes on, on, on the app as a push notification. And it says, that artist sent you a message. And this is uh, used by artists, not only to sell tickets for sure, but also to... Um, announce a new album, um, share a new music video, and, and really continue to message and engage with this fan base, which is usually considered to be one of the most engaged fan base uh, across all uh, platforms, because concert goers are you know, usually the super fans. So, that's, that's, um, so it's for both. It's revenue, but it's also engagement.
0: But it's also then the information on behavior so that they can tie that hopefully into their own CRM system to see how it lines up with people who seem to be superfans otherwise. So then they can be monetizing on their own with merch, VIP or whatever, so that that you feed their system to know more about their superfans.
1: Yes, uh, through the dashboard, they have access to insights, which are super useful to do what you just said, but also to better plan a tour. Uh, to, you know, at the end of the day, the the we, we are providing we are providing them with detailed information showing where their fans are um, are, are living and where which um, cities they should first target for a tour. So all these insights uh, are super valuable to the artist. On top of that, of course.
0: And I would under, I would assume from what you were saying earlier about the increasing internationalization of the concerts and fans here with the with the live stream options that this also now gives them options for international markets and audiences, and similarly for international bands for U.S. audiences that may not have seen that bridge without the current situation.
1: That's um, very true. It's it's super interesting to to look at that. We, we've been able to stream um, artists from all over the world, actually, on, on VAT Live, on Benzintown Live, um, on our Twitch uh, channel, and, and we see that same st- situation happening with live streams. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer, I, I think, uh, because we see, in fact, we see that in the number of what we call RSVPs, of people who ask to be notified. Uh, we have more RSVPs than we ever had on, on these events. That's that's you know it shows engagement from the fans, but it also comes from the fact that now anybody can watch this live stream pretty much based on uh, you know depending on where you live and time time zone. But it's definitely much more open than it was before. So so that's fascinating too. Um, it, and artists are just at the beginning of the exploration of that.
0: Now, I would assume that you see the they've clicked, they've gone that way data and not the actual live stream consumption patterns. Because to me, that's an interesting question about the, you know, I, I tend to joke around in Los Angeles, if someone gets a free ticket, that there's about a 30% I show up rate. <laughs> and on some of the some of the digital uh, live stream work that I've been doing so far on some projects, that we have had about a 15% show up rate. And then we're trying to track various means about who stayed and who came back and all that. But I'm assuming you see the front door. You're not seeing the continued gating of what's happening, but your your live stream partners
1: are. Yes, uh, we have. Um, it's it, it is true. However, first of all, I need to tell you that uh, we, we see an amazing uh, click-through rate on these live stream notifications. Um, it's closer. If you want to get some insights, it's closer. To eighty percent than fifteen wow. percent. So, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously there's a, it's new, and that's why, and so on and so on. But the value of a benzintang reminder is, is phenomenal. It's much greater, by the way, than than it was for a physical live event because, you know, usually you don't forget to go to, to events. For which you bought ticket for, but uh, the, the, for the for the virtual live events, it's easy to forget. So I, I guess we we get f- incredible engagement, and um, and yes, we don't know exactly after that how the fans behave if they stay, if they you know how long they watch and so on. But because we have this uh, position in the marketplace, where we're pretty much the only one who have this central position. We're very interesting conversation with all these platforms, which are willing to help the artist and, and potentially uh, share some some uh, data with us so that we can provide the artist with always more insights in an expanded dashboard as well.
0: So we've talked about Twitch. Um... I'm seeing new platforms for live streaming showing up every few days right now and old ones getting surfaced again. Is there anything that, especially for a smaller artist, you might suggest they look at to get started other than coming and working with bands in town?
1: <laughs> uh, we don't provide um, the streaming of, uh, we don't, we're not a streaming platform per se. We, we, we want to be the hub and the guide, but we're not, we're not going to be the, the, the provider. We need to
0: come and be the hub and the guide. Um, But so I know a lot of people have gone into Twitch and that's got a little bit of a learning curve to it. And Stage, it's got its own space that it's been holding down for a while now and and kind of being the right right place at the right time. Uh, I'm running into lots of tools. Are there ones that you might find for a, a smaller artist that they'd want to get their feet wet with?
1: You name them. Um, you know, it's it's a, I would say between for different reasons and different functionalities. I, I like the way artists find their way to spin between Facebook, Instagram, Twitch and Stage It. That's that's probably very different. Uh but um you can you can tell that um there's a different solution for each need there. Yeah. That's, that's what we're seeing right now. And But to your point, there are new platforms every day <laughs> that are popping up, either coming from the music environment or that others are coming from other type of um, streaming services. Um, but we are monitoring that very carefully. I would, I would say, please, um, if you are starting a new platform, if you operate a platform we're not aware of, let us know because we get these questions all the time. So.
0: Yeah, I think I am running into a new, a new one or an old one or a new bridge between an old one and a new one. So and I've been working with a bunch of my students to try to set these up for various people. So it's been interesting to kind of uh, be lending my music industry students out to people uh, to actually help them set things up, because in many ways, it, for a lot of people, it's a new language.
1: It is, and it will continue to be so for a while. Because you there, by the way, there is no uh, silver bullet, right? There is no platform that does it all. There's no, so all these platforms usually grew, you know, over the last ten years quite slowly because there was not much interest in live streaming. Actually, it was much mostly something for gamers or for webinars. So it's it's you know things will continue to change. And that's why I believe that it's a journey that, that will feel like a marathon and not uh, like a sprint because, you know, the learning curve has just started, but it's not going to be solved in the next three months. So, so the, and, and that's unfortunate because for some people, obviously, the lack of resources is, is urgent, is immediate. But it will take some experimentation to add to every artist from a creative standpoint, from a... To, to find the right way to interact with the fans and to get the fans to pay something for it.
0: And the deal with the rights issues, because that's been one of the hiccups for a while now, and that, that doing a live stream versus recording a live stream versus doing a live concert is actually three different buckets of, uh, of attention for your lawyers.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's correct. And as uh, usual, music is, uh, is its own world from, from that perspective. <laughs>
0: And then we also had the challenge, um, we just did a conference called Amplify Music last week, which was a learning experience. We're we're sitting here in April of 2020, and a group of us put together a 25-hour round-the-clock virtual conference, which I'm not quite sure why we did that. Um, But thinking about what it's going to be when, as we are starting to roll back out to be doing... Selective, probably smaller live events with lower density may mean that you're looking at a bridge between having streaming as well as live concerts to deal with having fans in a space. Is there anything that you guys are looking at in terms of hybrid events going forward or thinking about how people might be looking at live concerts, embracing some of this stuff?
1: Yes, no, you're totally right. There will be a probably a a, a new genre uh, which includes uh, the ability to, to watch the concerts live streamed and, and and you know or attend it in person uh that's that's one of the things that we're seeing i i'm i'm interested by all all of this permutation um now what I'm very curious is to see which artist will find very creative manner to entertain its fans, or which promoter or whatever you know you qualify it uh, will find ways to create new forms of festivals or new type of experiences using both um, you know music and technology because technology will, will be um, will be interesting and important to 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 provide and change the experience. Uh, now that we know that fans are looking and there's demand. Um, I would say the offer has to, to to materialize, and 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 that's you know, these shows where you'll be able to attend in person and on a stream are, of course, uh, one of the possibilities. Yes.
0: And almost a whole new set of creative talents, technical talents, that may have opportunities in large and small cities to be able to step up to be doing a new type of audio engineering a new type of event management, a whole new type of kind of integrated experience pattern.
1: Yeah, that's exciting, actually, um, because that's that opens up new doors. And I know we're talking here to potentially some UCLS students that opens up new doors for for new type of jobs or at least uh, uh, qualifications. And and that's true, uh, because at some point right now, everybody's happy with uh, watching someone, you um, in a private home, with, you know, in a, in a, with, a, with with the quality of the sound or the quality of the background as as it is, and that's what's so charming actually, uh, because it makes the artist more approachable, more humans, and, and, and therefore uh, helps uh, create connectivity with the fans. But tomorrow, once the format will evolve and fans will be asking for more quality as they'll be, as they'll be willing to pay for something, um, those kind of skill sets will be uh, instrumental in delivering a great experience.
0: It's almost like we're going from the ultimate house concert, <laughs> a house concert of one-to-one, to, one, to will we we'll be demanding a digital Coachella, right? So to get people to come back out, is it going to need to be this interesting mix of intimacy and spectacle that's going to rethink what we're doing so it it's going to be an interesting next year or so
1: yeah and I need to say as much as we are promoting live streams today we we are doing it with with strong belief that this is a new form of art and an entertainment and maybe an, an evolution of the business that's, that that is something exciting that being said um, it we you know we are the so your core business
0: it. is live concerts.
1: <laughs> it, no, it's yeah. not about the core business only. It's also that we have this belief that live music is one of the last uh, tribal experience and, and brings fans and artists together, but also fans, you know, with, with one another together and that is actually, that's why we're suffering so much right now in confinement is precisely because we're missing this tribal experience. And that is something that's absolutely necessary for society. And there's nothing that can replace being in a marsh pit and, and feeling that great experience. So as much as I believe that this is a new form of entertainment, and I, you know, believe me, I, I, I'm very sincere in saying so. I think the, um, that live music will be back and, and, and very strong. Uh, when all of this will be uh, over.
0: So we're near the end of our conversation. It's been great talking with you. Is there anything we haven't talked about yet that you'd want to share with our audience?
1: Well, I am mean, very um, concerned about uh, what's going on right now for 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 the for the community. So we we are available to help. Uh, we are very privileged because Benzingen. Is withering that storm uh, pretty uh, well because we have a we built our company as a great uh, marketing platform and a global marketing platform for brands and for uh, music streaming companies and, and and general advertisers. So our economics are not as impacted as uh, those who are just dealing with selling tickets and and um, and, and live events. So we we are uh, always ready to partner and team up uh, with artists or festivals that uh, we would like our support in this in this uh, context.
0: And how would you like people to reach out to you?
1: Uh, Fabrice at uh, Benzintom.com.
0: And they can as well find their way into your website, but this is great that you're sharing your email address. Thank you very much for sharing time with us. I'm extremely thrilled about the work you're doing and really glad that you are helping create this roadmap for people to find each other from their homes from their work, from their office that might have three toddlers crawling over their laps um, so that people can have that shared secular church experience from home that is live music so thank you much for doing this
1: Thank you for having us today, it was a pleasure Thank you
0: Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites and you can find those in the show notes.